curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. With 12 books to his name that began with his first, Purple Goldfish, Stan Phelps has since authored a series of nine books specific to different ways companies can make small but dramatic changes to varying aspects of their businesses to stand out against the competition under his Goldfish franchise of books. His work on these topics is informed by his time at IMG, Adidas, and the PGA, and he's a sought-after speaker and guest contributor to high-level conferences, and his keynote addresses have taken him from one corner of the globe to the other, including the PPAI North American Leadership Conference and the Michigan Leadership Conference. His latest book, Diamond Goldfish, is a different take on the goldfish concept, And the central premise of operating from a position of emotional awareness is a key point of separation between successful entrepreneurs and salespeople and those who succumb to the pressure of the moment. There's a reason behind why most decent salespeople don't ever achieve much more than a 25% close rate, and much of it has to do with emotion. This book that Stan wrote delves headfirst into the impact of emotion on interpersonal dynamics within sales and gives you things to work on right away. I think it's a really great book, really interesting interview, great listen. I hope you enjoy it. Give it a listen. I just, like for me, the thing that I ask uh, multiple book authors when I bring them on is like, do you get to the point where you're like, oh, I have to write another book or is it, ooh, I think I have another book. Which, where do you come <laughs> out on that? <laughs> I really enjoy the process because I, I never know what I'm going to get on the backside right. when, when we start to look at hundreds of examples. So some people write a book every two or three years because that's what they feel they have to do. Yeah. And I've been averaging for the last couple of years, like three or four books a year, just yeah. because I'm excited about what, what we're looking into. Right. And Diamond is number 10, right? 
Diamond is the ninth color in the okay. and the twelfth twelfth book in the series. Right. So so this is not this is a longer than an average journey of an author. I mean, when you get to this number, right, that's you're reaching a newer phase of where some authors do some titles and not many get to where they're getting to that number of pieces within the canon. So um, right. the process obviously continues to yield things to you that you feel like are interesting, not only to you, right, to the people who might be following along in the series of, of what it means to be a goldfish and the whole idea of just doing something a little bit extra. So, and in keeping with that, you know, diamond is there's, while there's still a similarity because we're following the goldfish mantra here, there's the app practical application was a little bit different. So the title of the book is, or the subtitle of the book is excel pressure and thrive in the game of business. Okay. So I, that, those are good words. I love those. Those are catchy on the, on the face of the book. It definitely drew me in. I want to paint kind of a couple of real world scenarios for people about what that might mean in practical application. So like you're in a department meeting and the team is behind on their goal or they're missing on their sales targets or, you know, whatever responsibility they've been assigned, they're far enough into what's going on that they realize that the job's just not getting done. And that's, that's the situation. Or like maybe you're in a deal yourself as a salesperson and you're getting to that really dicey part of the negotiation that you need to get through in order to get yourself to the finish line. Right. Suddenly that client's attitude has completely changed in the course of this negotiation or uh, like more close to the, to the people who listen to the, to what I talk about frequently, like you have an in-hands date that now you've realized that you are most likely going to miss and right. you have to make this phone call to the person on the other end who's expecting that product on that day to tell them that something has changed. All of these are really real world, like what I'm talking about, where you're, there's a lot of tension in all of those rooms and each of those Pressure is elevating. Yeah. 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 So, so Stan, talk about like, talk about diamond, talk about like how this is meant to fit into what I just described and the value that the book might provide for someone who finds themselves in those kinds of situations. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so diamond is the, the ninth in this series. It's the first one that really focuses on the process of sales and more importantly, client management and client success. And it's all about relationships and, you know, how are diamonds made like a diamond is just a piece of coal Pressure did, did really well under pressure. Right. And so what the, the entirety of the book is this concept that we call the diamond rule. So it's a way to manage yourself and your relationships under this premise of the diamond rule. And we say in the book that it's the, the 4.0 version of, of thriving in business. And so really, I'll go really quickly through 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. 1.0 is the silver rule, which is essentially do no harm. And that goes all the way back to the days of Confucius. And it's, it's a good place to start, but it doesn't exactly tell you what to do. It just right. tells you don't do bad stuff. Um, the one that we know, the 2.0, is the one that every culture and religion espouses, and it's the golden rule. 
So it's uh, instead of just don't do bad stuff, it's you treat others the way that you would like to get treated. And you think about it, especially when you raise kids, it's a, it's an excellent, it's, it's an excellent idea. The challenge is that what's good for me isn't necessarily good for Roger or whoever I'm dealing with. And so you find that there's typically four predominant behavioral styles. And unless you and I share that same style, we're not going to connect. And And I could be doing it well-intended, not literally with no malice, no malicious intent meant whatsoever because I'm only behaving in a manner in which I would find to be appreciated appreciated by me when in reality it's not at all (laughs) well or or you're just concentrating and doing things that you would deem as important if you were doing the transaction and that's the challenge is that you know three out of every four people are not going to have that same outlook so for one out of four you know you're gonna you're gonna work really well and that's really the essence the challenge in sales because of every four opportunities we get, the average close ratio is right around 25%. Mm-hmm. Weird how that works out. Huh, Stan? And if you were doing anything in life where you were failing 75% of the time, I think you'd want to figure out how can I improve on that? Um, not only get that close ratio higher, but how could you hold on to the relationships that you have and make them stronger? So you're not losing customers. So the the 3.0 really quick is if 2.0 is all about how I feel and how I want to get treated, the 3.0 is more uh, outward. And it says, let me, instead of focusing on myself, let me focus on the other person, figure out the way that they would like to get treated and duh, treat them that way. And so it's grounded in emotional intelligence. It's much more focused on the other person. The challenge with that is that if you're paying attention 100% to the other person, you're not paying attention to yourself. And in business, when the pressure starts to rise, if you're not keeping a good control on yourself, you can get triggered. Right. So, you know, we say in the book, like the, that's called the platinum rule, the 3.0, focusing on the other person, giving them what they want. But if that's your plan and you're 100% focused on the other person, you know, everyone has a plan, according to Mike Tyson. Yeah, until you right? get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, until you get punched in the face, right? And then it's, you know, no one acts rationally. So the 4.0 is the diamond rule. And what it does, it takes the best part of the golden rule and the best part of the the platinum rule and actually puts it together. Mm -hmm. So the diamond rule is the idea of managing your own self under pressure. Like how can you keep yourself in check and in tune, which then allows you to focus on the other person to be able to address their needs and to reduce the pressure that they feel. And that's in essence what we feel like this can be really a game changer of how you approach your relationships, not only to have a better sense of yourself, but then allow you to be, you know, play a higher level of the game where you can truly address the concerns of the other people, 
before they may even know that they have those concerns. Yeah, especially when, as salespeople, we believe in our hearts and yet don't necessarily know how to construct tools to um, manage our way through the process of knowing that the purchaser often is making a decision from emotion and using uh, rationalization to try to you know, explain away the emotion of their decision and their decision-making inspires emotion in us as the salesperson. So we are in an emotion filled environment. And yet the, the least of our training that we've received as salespeople is in how to handle the emotion of the situation, given the fact that the emotion that we feel creates a different set of, um, of uh, outcomes than what's happening on the other side of the transaction. Right. And, and I would say the, the more that you can keep it on that rational, even keel, the greater that you're going to be for yourself and for your clients, right? Because when the pressure starts to raise up, the way our brain works, literally the amygdala starts to sense a threat. And what does it do? It literally starts to shut down the thinking part of our brain and everything gets highly charged and emotional. And when you're highly charged and emotional and you're dealing with a perceived threat, let's, let's be clear. No one's, I don't think anyone's really ever lost their life <laughs> in a, in a sales deal. Right. Uh, well, maybe a, a, a legal sales deal. Um, but, but you know, that, that's the thing when we start to make decisions or we, we start to feel pressure depending upon which of the four styles we are, we react in a way that's so hard printed into our DNA from a survival perspective that if you can understand the person that you're dealing with in your own style, you can really meet them where they're going. Yeah. And you use a sports analogy to begin the book that I think is really interesting uh, when it talks about a certain tennis player and his tell that he has in the early stage of his career. But for us, Um, sales often is a competition and those of us who have chosen to compete in sales on a very high level have to recognize that in much the same way as in sports, there's a significant amount of training that needs to go into doing that at a very high success rate. And it's amazing to believe and, and witness the fact that while we'll go through an inordinate amount of effort in order to become skilled questioners or skilled listeners or, you know, all of the things that we've been told are requirements in order for us to be very successful salespeople. The one thing that we've never really spent a whole lot of time in practice on is understanding both our emotions and the emotions of the people who are participating in the transaction. So uh, the book goes on to start of sort of break this down into a set of prescriptive steps in order to be able to, arrive at something that you can rely on. So why don't you talk a little bit about how, how that works in the book as well? Yeah. So we, we, throughout the book, we literally go from, you know, setting the foundation to kind of introductions and first meetings all the way through working the sale to, you know, closing to following up after the sale, setting it up for the next opportunity but the, the crux that we spend a lot of time on in the book is the process that you need to learn. And we call it the, the mine approach. 
And the mine approach, mine is an acronym for this approach. And it's a four-step approach um, that's one about mindset. Like how do you understand your own style um, so you can start to feel when, when the pressure starts to rise, how you're reacting. And then the second part is identifying. So that's knowing not only yourself, but who you're dealing with and what their predominant style is. And then the, the N in the mind framework is neutralize. So you had mindset, identify, neutralize is how do I kind of make my style more push it down and stay in control. So then I could focus on the other person and that leads us to the E, which is empathize. Mm -hmm. So that's really starting to address the concerns that they have because we can all address concerns. We don't want stuff to elevate, to be a problem. Right. Right. Well, and what I found as interesting a discovery as learning about my own ability to neutralize was this concept of where each of those uh, personality types lives in stasis and then where they move to under pressure. Right. And, and how those movements are, are important to understand in the context of the interpersonal relationship you're trying to manage during a high pressure situation. So um, talk a little bit about like, it, so it's, it's one part to know how to neutralize, but it's also good to understand where the people you're dealing with are going to go when things get where they're going to go. Yeah. So really quickly, there's only four survival strategies and it's based upon your own style. So there's four types. One is called control. And so for controls who are all about thinking and having a plan and looking into the future, um, they have a tendency that when they're under pressure, they don't feel like there's a plan. They just start to dictate. They charge right into the, they try to take control. And controls can be a little off-putting to people, <laughs> but they're not going to shy away from the challenge, right? Okay. They're going to, no one's, no one's taking control. I'm going to jump in. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, the second, second type is what's called an influence. And influences are the gregarious, typical sales persona, right? Um, they're all about living in the moment. They love coming up with ideas. They're born to like, let's go, action, 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 live in the moment. Now, when, a, when an influence, I'm a classic influence, when I feel like the pressure starts to rise or I feel like my freedom is being constricted or I'm being told what to do, this is my survival strategy. And this is, I understand this because I have this all the time. I just, I migrate. <laughs> bye. I, bye. Yeah. Bye. I pull, pull, pull up the stumps. I'm out of here. Right. Because yeah. I'm going to find another environment that's more suited. And so, the, you know, that can be a difficult thing that those people could ghost you. You yeah. could never hear back from them. They could just move on to the next person and not even tell you. The third type is, is what's called a power. And so powers are, tend to be like workhorses. They're all about like the to-do lists, checking things off, you know, structure, you know, getting, you know, step-by-step step getting stuff done. They live in the next like 90 days. And when a power 
is threatened and they start to feel that pressure, um, they actually will kind of start to almost tolerate. They don't want to rock the boat, right? Let's not do something different. Let's just keep plugging away and let's, you know, stay with the task. And so they just tend to try to withstand or ride it out in terms of pressure. The last one is, is called an authority. And authorities tend to be more focused on quality. They tend to live in the past. They want to have all of the information, right? They're not going to make decisions unless they feel like they're an authority on everything. And so for them, when, when, they, don't, when they feel threatened, that they don't know all the answers and they don't feel like they're an authority, they will literally shut down and hibernate, right? They just won't do anything. And, and they'll try to ride it out and wait it out until, you know, just like a bear or a rodent or a snake would <laughs> come back up a couple months later and until the situation has changed. Yeah. And I bet right now there's people listening going, oh, I totally know that's Bobby. And oh, that one, that's you. <laughs> and oh, that totally. And then if those people that were being called out by that person, listen, they totally know who this person was as well. Kind of like trading cards, right? Like once you right. have the persona, you're like, oh, I know exactly who that person is. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things we, we encourage people in the book. Well, first off, there is, <clears throat> first rule is like the stakes of the game is you have to figure out your own style. Yeah. And so what I'm excited with, we've had assessments in other books, but this, this comes with a code. Each book comes with a code to an online assessment and it's 20 questions and it comes back and tells you what your dominant style is. Yeah. It's very thorough. You get a nice report. Um, it's great. But we also say when you're, when you're doing in the book, exactly what we actually have room for you to write in the book, like, Oh, I, the, I know somebody who's controlled. Control <laughs> is Ed, right? Yeah. So that helps anchor that style for you. And what's funny is that you, you will start to see yourself in, in these styles. And what was, like, what was it like for you, Roger, when you went through it? I, we just had a meeting with a vendor this week where the exact influence behavior that you would know of a behavior of an influence under pressure my partner said to me, I've never seen you shut down before. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it was just because I got pushed into a place where I knew that while that person was not wrong, there was nothing we were going to do about the recommendation that they were giving. And as far as I was concerned, the conversation had, they could be over mm, at that point. Right. And go somewhere else. <laughs> and it wasn't being over yet. And so consequently, I decided that my coffee was more interesting. So, so I mean, it's, it's, it's alive and well in practice. It's the red Toyota syndrome. Once you've seen it, there they are. And, right. um, and I, you know, I strongly recommend it to anybody that is in sales for a living. This, there's things that you can use in this book that you can immediately take right into, into the field and put into play and see whether or not uh, what Stan and his co-authors have used. How many years of research was behind all of this, Stan? Uh, the, the Tony and Travis, who were my partners on the book, and they, are really, they really brought this methodology. It's called Market Force. Right. And it's been around for about 40 years. 40 years. There you and go. Um, Tony and Travis have been really deep into it for over a decade. They've got really big brands, um, 
that have, have really leveraged this to see how they could raise that close rate for the ones yeah. that really adopted it. Um, and what's neat about the, the book is it's just not, hey, I get to be a better salesperson. You know, this type of understanding yourself and others starts to seep into real life as well. And so better relationships, deeper relationships. Yeah, it's, it's I think, probably the most complete and the, the, the best book in the entire series. Well, that just means that the next one after that will be even better still. You seem to find a way to continue to build on the last great thing that you've done. And I look forward to seeing what else you've got. I know you've got a busy year in 2020 coming up. Uh, with some new projects coming out as well. So we're always excited to continue to see what the Goldfish franchise continues to uh, do to help bring just that little bit extra all of us, Dan. So thanks for joining us again, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Roger. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that one. There's some really key takeaways from that conversation to me, some of which really have a lot to do with the idea of sharpening your skill around being able to identify emotion and characteristics amongst the people that you're trying to do business with and um, against and understanding where those emotions will take people based on the kind of personality that they have. It's, It's a way to really sharpen your sales acts and give you the proverbial leg up over your competition if you're willing to dedicate the time to learning that skill, right? Because I, as an influence, clearly exhibit characteristics that are consistent with what the market force personality assessment showed me after I was able to complete that as a part of this entire book process. So I would strongly suggest that you do the same. You can get the uh, book on Amazon. Just look for Stan Phelps and the Diamond Goldfish byline and you should be able to find that there's uh, even an audible version for those of you who are more interested in listening to your books as opposed to reading them. So thanks again to Stan for joining us. Please share that episode around with folks that you think might benefit from learning a little bit more about the four personality types and how the interrelation of those things work in emotional environments. And I look forward to sharing with you our next guest and our latest topic in the episode two weeks from now. Thank you and take care.